Hi, and welcome to the Flip Flops podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. I'm launching a new series called Creative Couples. And today we have Andrew Walker and Cassandra Troy Walker. Now, in case you don't know who they are, Andrew Walker is a Hallmark movie star. He's also won awards for other performances, but I chose him specifically because he and his wife represent a partnership based on shared values that excite me. Not only do I call him the king of romance because of his Hallmark career, but really because he and his wife, Cassandra, represent this amazing partnership. They started a company in, I believe, 2012 or 2013 called Clover Juice where they spontaneously decided to open a juice bar that they say was really an extension of their own kitchen at a friend's gym and that grew to a whole business where they supply hotels and corporate spaces and wholesalers with their amazing juices. They actually rebranded in 2018 into Little West and what's beautiful is West is actually the name of their son and so they chose to dedicate the name of their company to their little boy which I just thought is so cute. They have another one named Wolf, who is younger. Both are absolutely ridiculously adorable, but that's a whole other story. So like I said, they have this company called Little West. And what excites me about it is not only is it juice that is healthy, not only is the company based on the value of sustainability, I'll let them tell you what they do for each case that they sell of Little West juice. But actually last year, during quarantine, they succeeded in putting their juice at Whole Foods. And I remember seeing that post and just thinking, wow, that is a huge success story. And these two lovely people are Montrealers. And part of what I do is support artists and entrepreneurs and creatives from my hometown of Montreal. And so I'm just so thrilled to have these two people here. They're so down to earth. They're so open and honest. I can't believe that they came on flip flops and are willing to share their beautiful story. The reason I wanted to start Creative Couples is because we've all been through such a difficult time. I remember at the beginning of quarantine, there were just so many stories across the world about marriages that were breaking up. And I think we just have never been tested like this before, where we were stuck together, especially in colder parts of the world where there was nowhere to escape. And it was a really difficult time. And I would like to dedicate this series and this episode to my husband, who has just brought me to my knees with gratitude for his generosity and his just incredible heart. And I feel very lucky to still be with him and with our daughter. So I dedicate this to him. I dedicate it to all of you lovebirds out there who are tying the knot. I have some people very close to me that will be getting married in the next few months. You know who you are and I dedicate this to you. And I just want to celebrate romance and real partnership, which is I think if you have gotten through this time, you should pat yourself on the back and just celebrate it. And maybe it wasn't pretty every day, but it was real. And I just think that's beautiful. So here you go. Here is the lovely, does one say lovely? (laughs) I think they're lovely. Here's the lovely Andrew Walker and Cassandra Troy Walker. Enjoy. Thank 
thank you so much for being here and oh happy belated birthday, Andrew. I know it was your birthday yesterday. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Did you have fun? Did you have a fun family day? Yeah, we, I, I mean, it was a balance of, of work and family. And uh, and, and uh, I also had my first league uh, hockey game last night. So I that was fun. That was a lot of fun to, to you know, I, I actually... You know, truth be told, I had a, a few drinks in me, and then I went to sure. hockey. So, um... <laughs> very safe. Yeah, Good very, idea. very safe. Very safe. <laughs> luckily, luckily, it is deemed a beer league. You know, and it's a bunch of older oh, guys that are playing. Yeah, yeah. We're not, you know, we're not playing for the Stanley Cup here. So it's just, you know, it's 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 fun. It's more fun than anything. That sounds fantastic. So, Angelique, you've been doing this podcast now for a little bit of time, right? Yeah, I just started in March. I started during quarantine. Before that, I was writing for lots of different reasons I decided to try podcasting and I really love it as someone who listens to a lot of podcasts I'm Andrew travels a lot and I spend a lot of my evenings once I get the kids to bed my like therapy is being in the kitchen and so I'll food prep and I'll do stuff in the kitchen but I always play podcasts in the background it's kind of like replaced sitting in front of the tv for me because I can be actively doing something so I love them it's I feel like I listen to so many different genres and yeah I'm, I'm just really into them these days. I'm really into it too. It's definitely what got me through quarantine. I mean, even if it was minus 30 degrees outside, I was out walking every day and listening to podcasts. So amazing. I think they're incredible. How do um, we sound right now? You both sound fantastic. All right. Good Great. job. Thank you so much. So I'm so excited to have you both here because my podcast is called Flip Flops. And it's about life transitions. But I wanted to start a new series where I focus on couples. And so what better way to celebrate partnerships and remember romance after a year where marriages have ended and been tested than speaking to the king of romance himself, Hallmark star, you know, <laughs> you, Andrew Walker. I thought you meant and Holly. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I actually considered doing a podcast with him, but... I, I think this might be better. <laughs> and your incredible partner, Cassandra Troy Walker, you both embody so many things that I want to talk about, but overall, a partnership founded on shared values. And so I have a ton of questions for you. And I'm wondering if we can start with how did you both meet? Great question. First of all, thank you so much for inviting us on. It's really, it's yeah. an honor to be chatting about this with you. It's definitely a, a fun subject for us to discuss. You know, it's one of those things that Cassandra and I don't get a lot of time to actually sit down and talk about the details details of our relationship and how we individually feel and so it's almost like a therapy for us at the same time oh, we'll, as, see. we'll see how this yeah goes. we'll see we'll see how it goes it's just <laughs> nice to be asked to be going into something being asked questions about you know how we have come this far and in survive. our relationship and and business and all that you know that good stuff so to answer your question we met in montreal actually living in la and he was back in montreal visiting his family and one of my part-time jobs was working at the front desk of a gym in the west island and he his dad's a member there and he came to work out and, and that's kind of where we met and i guess he, he... my dad takes credit for getting us together he's like he, you know, he's like if it wasn't for me you guys would never be be together you never 
I but, don't know about but, that. Yeah, Cassandra worked the front desk. She taught spinning there. I was in transition back from Los Angeles to get back to Montreal. I wanted to live back in Montreal for, you know, kind of an undetermined amount of time. All my friends were graduating from Bishops and Western and other universities in Canada. And I just wanted to connect back with them. My college years were in, in Los Angeles working as an actor from 20 years old to 23, 24 years old. And so Cass and I met back in Montreal at this gym that she worked at. And then what you were not saying is that then he basically came to my other jobs that I worked at, asked me out at every single one of my jobs. Some people would call it stalking, but uh, <laughs> I, I would say, you know, persistent. I was persistent. I was persistent. <laughs> Turns out I, I knew he lived in LA, didn't know he was planning on moving back to Montreal. And so I was just not even considering it because I didn't want to get into a long distance relationship. And then once we basically realized that we have a ton of mutual friends, he came out one night when I was going out with a bunch of my friends. We hardly spoke the entire night because everyone that walked in also knew him and was catching up with him because he lived in LA. And so by the time we did end up having a conversation, we hung out two days. We just hit it off. We hung out two days after that. And then on day five, we went on a hiking trip to Mont Tremblant together, like just completely. Andrew was like, do you want to go on a hiking trip this weekend? So we went on a hiking trip and we both said that we loved each other after five days. And that was 18 years ago. I have shivers. That's so beautiful. <laughs> so can you share the proposal story? Sure. I guess other guys can maybe relate. But for me, I'm an impulse person. And it hit me going back to our first real you know real date together which was this camping trip up in Montremblant uh, I'm nothing. hiking hiking trip <laughs> yeah the, we're, we're both wilderness people and I grew up canoeing you know miles out of civilization with my father we'd go on these five-day backcountry canoe trips whitewater canoe trips and I was actually shooting a movie in the Yukon we had been together f at this point for six about years, six years yeah. And when I was in the Yukon for, I was, I was up there for around three months. I was there for the first month. My father came to visit. But when I was there alone for the first two, three weeks, it hit me there. It was just like Cassandra. I knew she was doing, she was, I was trying to get her to do a trip up to the Yukon. She agreed she'd come up. She had, had some time off work and stuff. So I was like, well, why don't you come up and hang out? And I agreed we'd never be in a place as beautiful, serene, quiet, away from everybody and, any, and everything like the Yukon. I did a day trip to Kluwani National Park which is where Mount Logan is, where's the, the tallest peak in Canada. And I ended up going for a little mini hiking trip with some castmates up there. And it was there that it really kind of smacked me. I was like, I'm proposing to Cassandra here in Kluwani National Park. This is like the most perfect place. And so when she came in, we did a trip up there. And originally I wanted to get an airplane to fly around Mount Logan and do it on the airplane, which in retrospect probably wouldn't have worked out the way I thought it was going to work out because of the noise of the engines and, and like, and everything. People around. People, people so on the airplane. Private. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up going for a hike that day. It was rainy and cloudy, so we couldn't go on the airplane ride. And so we ended up going for a hike. And I got a ring box. I didn't have a ring because I wasn't buying a ring in the Yukon. Well, you did go shopping for a ring. You had said I you were went, looking for an emerald ring. I was looking for an emerald ring. I'm just adding color to it. I know. Thanks, babe. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't find a, an emerald ring in Whitehorse, but I decided to get a box. So I got this ring box, and then I put a piece of string in there, and I proposed to her with a piece of string on our 
hike. Yeah. So that's, uh, and then we, and then the best part about this whole, the journey up there was that we were just away from civilization for about four days, five days. We didn't, we, we couldn't, couldn't text. call anybody. We couldn't call anybody. <laughs> we couldn't text anybody. We couldn't do anything. So we were just in a car. We, we drove through, it's called the Golden Triangle, which is from Whitehorse to Kluwani National Park to Haynes Junction, and then back to Carcross, which is the smallest desert in the world, just in, outside of the Yukon. But it was really sweet because we basically had this time together, like this private, quiet time together where we couldn't be celebrating and talking to other people. And it, it was really lovely. How did you know that you were each other's person? That's a really good question. I don't know if there's a, a way to describe it. I think it's just a feeling that you have. You know, when we met and fell in love so quickly, I think anyone would, like we were babies. I was 21 and Andrew was tw- had just turned 25. And so, I mean, we met, we just fell in love. And it was just a feeling of knowing that we were just going to be each other's and in each other's lives. And I think my mom had said when she first met you and gave you that t-shirt that said I'm a keeper long before I had officially told her that I was thinking you were a keeper (laughs) I remember my mom saying to me that you're truly you when you're around him and that makes me really happy and so I think the way that I would describe it is that I feel like I'm the best version of myself when I'm with Andrew and so we bring that out in each other and vice versa yeah and I I think also a level of comfort you know there was this level of comfort when we first met that I felt like Cassandra was home well it helps that we grew up 10 minutes from each other so we do have yeah but all, all the little things like just like she's a great cook and she's a great nurturer and she's thoughtful and kind and careless in a way where she she'll take you know she'll take time out of her day to do anything for anybody else and I just you know it was all qualities in a mother and a partner that I had always imagined I'd, I'd have so awesome babe <laughs> And what are your favorite characteristics of Andrew, Cassandra? Oh, gosh, there's so many. I'd say his passion and his drive. When he decides on something, there is no stopping him. So he is so driven and he's so passionate about everything he does. He is a true Gemini in that he always has a lot of things going on. And no matter how much he is going on, when he talks about one thing, you feel like it's the only thing in the world that he's focusing on. And everyone who hears about it wants to get behind him. So I think he has a really great ability to um, to be just be passionate and to inspire other people. Also, he's a rock. He's just one of those really solid people. He always shows up. He's super consistent with his personality, with the way that he is my husband, the way he is in business, the way he is as a father to our children and as a son to his parents and, you know, just family man. I think those are just some of the things. Wow. Well, that's beautiful. (laughs) How was the transition for you from Montreal to LA? Andrew, you would have been there already. But what about you, Cassandra? Was were you like a fish to water? Or was it a process? Well, I was 23 when we moved. So we finished I finished university in Montreal. And then as soon as I graduated, we we got in the car and drove out with our dog. And really, I didn't think twice. I think like young and dumb is kind of like, it was like ignorance is bliss. I didn't know. I was like, of course I'll move to LA with you. That sounds awesome. And I never really gave it any thought. Once I got to LA, it was the first time I had been for a a long period of time away from family and my sisters. And I struggled a bit because I felt like I became very codependent of Andrew. Andrew and I are very independent people. You know, he travels a lot. I used to travel a lot with a past career. Being independent makes us stronger and, and more successful as a couple together. And so when we moved to LA, I became super codependent. So I would say the first year for me was tricky because I was friends with 
his friends. I was now a part of his life and I didn't have my own life. But after a year, once I ended up getting a great job working actually for a Montreal company called Joseph Ribkoff, I started being forced to travel. I started making my own friends and building my own life. And I'd say after about a year, a year and a half is when I really got my footing. That job was incredible for both of us, actually. You know, I got to reap the benefits. She was working in these beach towns and, and I would just pick up on a weekend and go. Come visit. And come visit. <laughs> yeah, come visit and just hang out in areas of California. That I was I, a, I was a sales rep for a Montreal-based clothing line. Tell me about your transition from working full-time in fashion to opening a juice bar spontaneously. Spontaneous is exactly what it was. I had been working for Joseph Ripkoff for six years and was looking for a career change because my passion and my heart is not and never has been in fashion. I'm a jeans and t-shirt girl, no fuss. I love great pieces, but it's just not my world. I basically eat, sleep, and breathe food. It's all I think about. And Andrew is the risk taker out of the two of us. I'm a little bit more like, I like structure and I like consistency. And so he was the one telling me, I just feel like you need to be open to an opportunity and something that you're actually really passionate about. And a few things led us to me thinking, you know what, my time's up at this company, I need to move on. And right when we were having that conversation, an opportunity came up. Our friends who owned a yoga studio, they were expanding. And as they were expanding, they were telling us about it. And Andrew goes, if you guys carve out 200 square feet, right, you know, storefront area, Cassandra and I will open up a juice bar there. And I mean, it was really the craziest conversation. I remember going to sleep that night thinking, you know, we were high-fiving. We're like, this is going to be amazing. And then the next morning we woke up and I was like, did we agree that I'm quitting my career of six years and opening up a 200 square foot juice bar. And that was it. We reached out to friends of ours who had restaurants so we could meet their chefs and learn how to purchase produce. We were making cold pressed juice at home. We were making smoothies at home, but we had never made it on a larger scale. We had never made it for a ton of other people. It's just something we were really passionate about ourselves because we felt our best when we were drinking juice and making smoothies. I mean, within six months, we basically just, you know, and, and through a collaboration from a lot of people that, you know, were knowledgeable in the industry and also just a lot of people supporting and believing in us. We just kept moving forward in six months later, we opened up a juice bar. And I love that you took the money that was set aside for your wedding and also with the help of friends and you invested all of that into the business. So I'm just wondering how you made that decision. We three years of being engaged. Yeah, we, <laughs> we made that decision. So we had a little taste of what it was like to be in the restaurant business. We had invested in a restaurant in Los Angeles and our partner, ex-partner now in the juice business, he had opened two of these restaurants and we saw, you know, what the cash burn was and, you know, how much capital would take to get something like that off the ground, you know, in a much smaller capacity, obviously it's 200 square feet. You know, we started thinking, we're like, how are we going to raise this money? And how do we, you know, how do we put this all together? And her parents had generously put aside a little bit of money for each dollar to get married and they gave us a little bit of money and you know that was kind of our starting some of our money some of our some of it was some of our money yeah so we decided we're like let's not waste this on a on a wedding let's we had a not to say that for some people it's not yeah a wedding is great the thing with andrew and i is we had been engaged for three years at that point and i was had no intention of planning a wedding so i used to joke with andrew that if he planned the wedding i would show up in a white dress but after three years he hadn't planned a wedding and so we
we just we actually had a, let's elope. <laughs> we had a lunch that we booked at French Laundry in Napa. So we booked it three months in advance, which is that's the only time you can kind of book at French Laundry. And it was my birthday weekend as well. It was a bucket list that we had always wanted to do as foodies. And so together. when we booked it, I looked at Cassandra. I was like, Cass, what would you think about us getting married that same weekend? I mean, this is kind of like, it is a bucket list for us. And it's going to be an incredible weekend. Why don't we just tack on a marriage at the same time? And we'll save some money. And, and, and so- we'll take that money and open up the business. And that was really how he sold it to me. And I was yeah. like, sure, let's do it. And then we went to 20 other friends that and we were like, hey, do you have 5,000 bucks for us? So we have we have numerous friends in Montreal that invested, that had given us like 5,000 bucks each. And then we had a couple of friends that are actors give us a little bit more. And we and scrounged we together enough money to open the business. I think it was like about $150,000. But we really had no clue what we were getting. We had no into. idea what we were doing. And we opened our doors. We built it out and built out the space and then opened up with about $2 left in the bank. (laughs) (laughs) How did you go from chatting with farmers at the farmer market to figuring out how to build a juice from scratch and then distribute it all over LA? I mean, we really learned as we went, as it learned, learn as you go. (laughs) (laughs) We learned as it was happening in real time. There was no, um, we really didn't structure the business thinking that we would expand in the way that we did. What we were really passionate about was inspiring people to live healthier lives because that was what we were were doing. Yeah, we really wanted people just to live healthier lifestyles. And that was, that was the the primary reason behind the entire business is really changing people's lives, coming into the juice bar. There was a lot of pressure that we actually didn't, we didn't realize it until we opened, but you know, a few weeks in and we had a lot, you know, some good press and stuff at the, in our opening, people were coming through and they would almost think that we were doctors. You know, they would ask us these like very intricate questions, which actually expanded our knowledge in the health and wellness space and wanted us to learn more and be be more educated on the products that we're carrying. And Taking this full circle, just to yeah. answer your question, Angelique, what we basically asked a lot of questions and we researched. So like, how did we find out what produce to buy? Well, we went to the Santa Monica Farmer's Market and we went with a produce purveyor that, you know, you can work with that restaurants work with. And he walked us through and he introduced us to the farmers. And and we talked about, okay, well, what's a case of celery? Okay, a case of celery is 40 pounds. Well, what's a case of kale? A case of kale is 15 bunches. And so we had to learn a whole new language of like, well, what's 15 bunches in weight? Because we could make recipes for one 16-ounce bottle of juice, but we didn't know how to scale that. We also didn't know how to speak the language. So we basically just asked a lot of questions. I was very, very clear with people that we had never done this before, and we were really passionate. We wanted to do it right, but that we were just going to learn as the process happened. And so we started making our juices. Basically, we had a little tiny juicing kitchen that was not a part of our juice bar. Andrew was working with like a couple employees making juices overnight. And then I was working in the juice bar selling the juices. Like, you know, I'd open the store and then sell the juices during the day. And at the time, our juice was a raw product. We had a three-day shelf life. And it was just totally crazy trying to manage a three-day shelf life when you're selling a product to customers. But What was so wild is that we were really early on in the juice kind of craze. And what people loved about our juice bar was that it was approachable. And we really wanted to make it approachable. We used ingredients that everyone can say and pronounce and that they've seen them in the grocery store before at the farmer's market. We tried to make the entire concept of our juice bar really approachable. We had pastries and brownies and we had all kinds of like health and wellness items in there that we loved and we used from a lot of local It's crazy to think, but we were also the first juice bar to carry coffee. No juice bars carried coffee. They thought that 
it was a contradiction to health and wellness, you know, or like, why are people going to come in and get a coffee at a juice bar? We were like, well, why don't we carry the best coffee at the time? It was basically an extension of our kitchen. Exactly. And that's, that's exactly what I was just going to say is that every, we drink coffee every morning and we're healthy. We have a juice every day and we're healthy. We, we also mix our juices with alcohol, which is something that we really highly promoted. We were and... like, hey guys, here's the cocktail kit before the weekend. <laughs> These like four juices on, if you buy them together, you get a four pack for the cocktail kit. I'd go to pool parties with an old Jacqueline juicer and a backpack and a pineapple and some turmeric and some kale and like juice it up with a few of our friends. And we would, you know, one of our buddies is a cocktail guy and he and I would just ner ner nerd out on cocktails with fresh produce and no one had hangovers the next morning. Yeah, it was, the juice bar was just meant to be a very approachable space, but with really high quality product. And that's really how it started. So when I saw that you had gotten your juice into Whole Foods, I was so happy for you. And I wanted to speak to both of you since I saw that moment. And I wanted to know what did it mean for you both personally? And what did it mean for your business? Gosh. Well, thank and, con and congratulations. Thanks, thank Angela. you. Thank Thank you. So I think opportunities come out of really challenging times for us. Like every time we've had an opportunity, it's been through a challenge or it's been through a moment that we lost a big account, let's say. This is going back years ago. Wholesale customer that accounted for, let's say, 20% of our business and at the time. When something like that would happen, Cass and I would jump on the phone and we would get on our laptops and be like, okay, you know, we got to make up for the loss of that company. Who else can we work with? And so we would just start prospecting for new accounts and meaningful accounts. And so the same thing happened. I mean, we've been knocking on Whole Foods door for around six years. And no. when we had when we had Clover, our original brand, which we had rebranded, we were about to work with Whole Foods years before Little West got in there, but we rebranded branded and we knew that we were going to be rebranding our company for almost two years. So we really like kind of held back a little bit. We were in the gates, kind of like a horse in the gates, kind of like, all right, we're ready. We're ready. But we don't want to open up the floodgates just yet because we're, you know, we knew that we were having to rebrand was, was going to happen. So to, just to give context, our company, when we opened it in 2013 was called Clover Juice. And we at one point had three retail locations. We started our wholesale business. And then in 2018, we rebranded to Little West. And so that was basically like terrifying, but it was also yeah. a massive opportunity for us to have a bit of a do-over. Um, it was a very expensive do-over and, and rebrand, but you know, ultimately we're happy that we did it. So that's did. It, yeah. the explanation of the rebrand. And I think which is what kind of got us into Whole Foods is the brand refresh and also the ability to scale. At this point, we had moved through different kitchens and the way we purchase our produce now and our story just became so ingrained in the brand at that point when the pandemic hit. It was really scary, obviously. For a lot of restaurants and, and restaurateurs know, I mean, they were just basically trying to hold on tight. And so the same thing with us, a lot of our major customers are big, you know, with a lot of corporate people and corporate uh, offices. We work with hospitality. So around 70% of our business was just lost overnight. February of 2020 was our best month in the history of our company. March of 2020 was one of the worst months in the history of our company. And so, and that just carried on for the next six Almost months. A year, yeah. So we decided, Cass and I just kind of like put our heads together and we're like, what can we do to make up for this? Just, well, to save the company. To save too. the company. Because if there hadn't been PPP loans for the business, you know, if we hadn't furloughed and our team 
team, they're so wonderful. We've had to furlough almost everybody in our company and we were paying our employees to work hourly for us a few hours a week because that's all we could do. And we just had to keep the company alive. But like Andrew was saying, when this Whole Foods conversation came up, we were like, what can we do? What can replace some of the volume that we've lost? And we were like, if we can just get Whole Foods, we've been doing this dance with them for three years, talking about them, timing wasn't right, talking to them. And finally we decided this is the opportunity. We are not taking no for an answer. And so, so I yeah. wrote the- Yeah, no, no, I, I hit up the distributor and Cassandra hit up the head buyer for Whole Foods who, who we had already had a conversation with. And you can, t- you can take- Yeah, and basically I wrote her a letter. I wrote her a letter and I signed it. And I basically said, you guys represent local. You represent doing it right, sustainable. We are the company, we are the juice company that is in alignment with all of who you guys are as a company. The alignment is there. And I know we've been talking about this for years. At this point, you guys can basically single-handedly help us keep our business alive. It has meant a lot to us to work with you, but it has never meant more than it means right now. And if you're willing to give us a chance, we know we can support and we know that we'll blow you away with the success that we can bring selling our product at Whole Foods. And sent it to her, didn't hear back for like three weeks. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't can't believe I sent out this heartfelt letter. And then she wrote back and she was like, we have space in, you know, we have space in the fridge. We want to bring you guys in. Can you be in all 64 of our locations within three weeks? And we were like, holy shit. <laughs> like, okay, we're doing this. And reached out to the distributor that Andrew had started the conversation with. He was like, I'm ready. Let's do this. And we just, and that was it. So to go back to your question of what did it mean for us personally and in the business, in the business, which is what this whole story was for, is that it supported us not only supported us, it it gave us the opportunity in business to keep our business alive. And so really it meant so much to us on the business side of things and to bring our team back on, to be able to hire them again as real employees and not just have to pay them hourly. So the volume for Whole Foods helped us do that. And for us personally, I think it was really just, you know, there are moments in business where you realize that this is worth it. This is worth it. We are a real company. And I think as an entrepreneur, when you start a company, you always, you doubt yourself. It's like fake it till you make it every single day. And with this, it was like, you know what? This is what we needed at that moment in our career with Little West to know that we were doing it right not to compromise on our quality, not to compromise on all the things that people were telling us, you need it cheaper, you need it this. Whole Foods picked us, so we needed to start recognizing that we are at that caliber now in business and there's no going back. We're just gonna keep growing from here. Can you share what you do for every case of Little West that you sell? Of course. Sure, yeah, it's a great <laughs> question. We, um, so it's evolved throughout the years, but basically we work with, when we rebranded, we decided, look, when we had Clover, we were supporting so many friends, charities and nonprofits. And, you know, a lot of our time and energy was going into, it was very fragmented, you know, and I felt like we weren't doing, we felt like we weren't making enough of an impact on one particular company. So we decided to get behind one company that we stand for and that we believe in, which is Big Green Learning Gardens. So we give percent of all sales to Big Green Learning Gardens here in Los Angeles. They build, they basically, it's, it's teaching kids about the importance of eating real food, vegetables, Cassandra. It's all kinds of learning gardens that I had been volunteering with. Yeah, so Cassandra goes out with some of our staff and talks to kids about what's their favorite vegetable, why, as they plant. So they go to these, and then we also donate a lot of our mulch to these gardens. And so our mulch that. is the fiber that we don't use for the juices. But each case that yeah, gets purchased. That's what I was going to say. And then, from, so, yeah. so then in 
next is every case that's purchased online, we offset our carbon footprint with planting trees through EcoDrive is our other charity that we've aligned with. And EcoDrive is an incredible company. They are already, we, I'm just thinking, our, we got the numbers just the other day. What was it we planted? And we've only just started working with EcoDrive well, since- it's been the, a year. Yeah. yeah, about a year. We planted close to 3,000 trees, I think it is now, with, with EcoDrive. So. Personally as well, Cassandra and I, we decided to- we're also uh, aligned with EcoDrive. We offset our monthly carbon footprint as human beings on this planet with EcoDrive as well, which is really cool. You things like 50 bucks a month per person and you can offset your, make yourself carbon neutral. We, and yeah, so, we'll share, we'll share the info on it for sure. But I mean, the cool thing is anytime a person purchases a case of Little West, we're offsetting the carbon footprint of the case shipping to them by planting a tree. Um, and we're planting mangrove trees in, uh, where are we planting? Planting the trees right now. The is it? Um... Oh my gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue, and I can't believe I can't say it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Why are we? <laughs> Anyways, we plant trees, and I think is it is... Madagascar? Madagascar. Madagascar. Thank you so much. Thank you. I was like, I know it's a movie. What's? <laughs> but we're planting mangroves. I like to move it, move it. <laughs> exactly. So yes, a tree gets planted for every single case that's purchased off of our website. What are your most popular flavors? Our seasonality. Depends on that as well. Yeah, our most popular flavors are the clover, which is like our signature green juice. And it's all vegetables sweetened with a touch of pear. Our other one that's especially popular in the summer is called the quench, which is a watermelon, strawberry, jicama, mint, lime. It's like super thirst quenching and it's just absolutely insanely delicious. <laughs> following for the ginger snap, it's super spicy. People don't even realize that when they take the first sip, I love seeing people's reaction to it, but it's just apple, lemon, ginger, and it definitely has a cult following. I said it's great with cocktails, bourbon, and, and our number one seller at Whole Foods is Detox Greens, which is an E3 Live spirulina, coconut water, a fennel, kale. Yeah, it's like super green. Sweet. The only sweetness in it is the coconut water, but it definitely is our top seller at Whole Foods specifically. Wow. Are there any plans to get your drinks in Canada? There sure are. Yay! We are in talks. I know. I'm oh my so gosh. excited. Well, I mean, having all of our family and friends, or so much of our family and friends in Canada, you know, we, we've always wanted to, but it's just really tricky with customs and getting beverages from the US to Canada and very costly. So we are in talks with a Canadian co-packing facility, and I won't give any details because we're in early stages, but we are looking to launch Little West in Canada, hopefully before the end of the year. Amazing. So I want to switch gears a little bit. You are both athletes. Your life seems to be around being athletic and being healthy. I know, Andrew, you played football. You obviously play hockey, and I'm sure you play tons of other sports. And Cassandra, you were a ballet dancer. Mm-hmm. And so for those of us who are not athletes and for those of us whose main passion is not cooking, after a year and a half of kind of being stuck at home and maybe not being as active as we should be, how do we get back into the swing of things? How do we get motivated? And I'm saying that, you know, I don't want to kind of promote the toxic side of dieting and all of that. I mean, I think what's amazing about your business is you're really motivating people to be healthy. I think Cassandra, really quickly, Cassandra's going to say something here, but I think she <laughs> has a great, there. yeah, she has a great saying that she has on, on Instagram. I think it's, she says, everything in moderation, even moderation. And, <laughs> and I, that's the, that's the motto I think that really embodies the two of us so much in the way that we approach health and wellness and working out and eating and 
we started a juice company because we wanted to, we wanted more juice in our life but also now we mix it with alcohol and we you know we drink wine four or five maybe six times a week um, <laughs> i literally wrote down the question do you drink wine wine is actually um, a food group to us and i i deemed it a food group when i was pregnant because i'm not condoning people drinking when they're pregnant but i also think that like i'm just a happier person when i have a little sip of wine with my dinner a few nights a week i don't need a glass but i think that there's a lot of stigma around that and again going back to moderation everything in moderation including moderation is what andrew says uh, do you want to finish what you're saying but, yeah so so yeah really quickly the way that i'll also speak on my behalf i look at health and wellness kind of like chain links right like they're all connected little chain links at a time are all connected and yeah there could be a break in the chain at some point you have a you know blowout whatever have a weekend you know and you're that's going to happen and you shouldn't be hard on yourself if you drink too much in a night or, or go out too late but really it's all an accumulation over time and every single day like we you know i'm i'm up really early try to get up before the boys i go to the garage around 6 a.m and we have a pilates reformer in there and sometimes i'll skip rope sometimes i'll do pilates sometimes i'll go to hot yoga class but i mean it's i try to get a sweat in every single day and there's days that I don't I try not to be hard on myself about it and then we eat really healthy we, we have a, a regiment now in the morning where we do a superfood coffee first thing in the morning we try to put mostly liquids in our bodies up until around one o'clock in the afternoon where we eat a salad and then we'll you know most of our days are consumed with greens smoothies superfoods, but we're also, salads. Just to chime in, we're also extreme, right? Because this is our business. And not to say that it's not attainable for other people to do this, because it definitely is. But what I would, if I can just jump in really quickly, what I would say for us being healthy is feeling great. We want to wake up every day feeling energized, rested, ready to take on the day. And we want other people to feel amazing every day as well. So, you know, I think the way that we live our life is we found a system that works for us and mm -hmm. happy to dive into it. But what I would say for other people and what we talk a lot about is you don't need to say, okay, as of Monday, I'm changing everything. I'm going to eat salads every day for lunch. I'm going to like, it's too much to take on. So what we say a lot is do one thing a day, start every day with a glass of water and a green juice, or start every day with a smoothie in the morning or a super, you know, do something in the morning that sets you off on the right foot for your day. And I think like once you make one positive change and it becomes normal and then it becomes a part of your life, you're inspired because you feel good to do another positive change, which it's a chain reaction. But if you take on too much and if you say I'm doing a three day juice cleanse and then you after your three day juice cleanse, you go and you eat a burger and fries like there's nothing wrong with eating a burger and fries. But instead of doing a three day juice cleanse, maybe have one juice a day for two weeks and see how you feel. And so I I think like a big thing that we talk about is this whole moderation, everything in moderation, including moderation, which is be kind to yourself, know that it's not going to happen overnight, but try to make one change every single day that you can feel good about knowing that it will cause a chain reaction and other positive healthy choices will follow. Funny enough to Angelique, really quickly to cap this, our friend owns this incredible health and wellness technology center here in Los Angeles in New York, Manhattan, and he's opening up one in Hawaii. It's called Next Health. And he has like some of the, the best technology technology in the world in his facilities. He goes to these conferences all over the world and hears doctors speak about new things on the market, but it always comes back to one thing in your day, which is basically sleep. 
and everyone struggles with it, but it's something that, again, Cassandra is going back to what she's saying. If you can just say, okay, well, today I'm going to have a green smoothie in the morning and I'm going to try to get my clock, my 1030 bedtime, wake up at 630 and try to get on that rhythm because it's the, it's having regular sleep patterns that are the best for your health. And that's the one thing he's like, I talked to all these doctors, all these people. He's like, and it always comes back to sleep is one of the most important things. Which and I so, could definitely get better at that. Yeah, we all can. We all can. But you know, just you can't be hard on yourself if you if you kind of go off course a little bit, but try to have some sort of regular metronome way of living. It's a balance. I want to talk about becoming parents. You both seem like naturals. So I'm wondering when you transitioned from just being two to three and then three to four, what came naturally to you and what were the challenges? I look like a real natural on social media, maybe. But, <laughs> I think everyone looks like yeah. a natural on social media. But. Look, Cassandra was, I say that she was born to be a mother. I Same for sure for have, I'm learning as I go as, as every parent is, but I say our eldest son is my greatest teacher because he and I are, are not similar in a, a lot of ways, but he has taught me patience. Patience for me has been the biggest thing with him and, and just slowing down getting on his level in, in a lot of ways, which he will look at a leaf for 30 minutes and describe the leaf to me and, and flip it upside down again and then describe the backside of the leaf for another 30 minutes. And I just, my makeup is I'm a fast guy. I'm like energy. And so he's, he's a beautiful combination, I think. But parenting has been, we say that when you have kids, life begins. And that really for me has, and I also speak for myself, but basically it's been the most incredible journey, a journey inwards, which has been incredible. And it's not about aesthetics. It's not about going out, about being in these, these uh, overstimulating places. It's about stimulation within yourself and just like the little things in the day. And that's what for me has been the, the biggest, you know, realization or revelation in a way. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that the, I think, you know, your question of what was, what came easy and what didn't, I don't think any of it really comes easily necessarily. I think it's, it's all part of like a lesson and a journey that we're on. Exercise. An exercise. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, we both really molded into parents. We, we enjoyed the transition of becoming parents. And I think the biggest thing for us is that we try not to take it too seriously. And I recognize that there are a lot of challenges in becoming parents, but if you approach it with grace and with patience, you know, you have to get to know each kid is different. And we as a couple become different. You know, you were saying like we started as just the two of us, then there was three and now there are four of us you know, it's all just part of the ride that we're on. And I refer back to like enjoying the ride a lot because you can choose to go through your day thinking like, this is hard, this is challenging, or you could choose to go through your day and think, think like, this is a ride that I'm on. It's going to be up and down. It's going to be inconsistent, but it's my job to enjoy it because what's the alternative? Going through your day, you know, unhappy. There are moments that are frustrating. There are moments where I literally want to yell and like slam a door, but you know, we try to just not be that way with our kids and it's important for us that they learn from us and whether we realize it or not you know especially as they're getting older they they absorb everything and so it's important for us to be with them the way that we want them to grow up and be as well so we just try to set an example and try to you know be patient with ourselves so what do you think is the secret sauce in your marriage that allows you to be best friends and lovers and business partners and parents 
and do all of that together. It seems on the outside like it's been there since day one. And I'm just wondering if, if you took a minute to kind of, maybe you do this on a constant basis, but what is it about you two that keeps you together? Is it just simply your soulmates and you're each other's home? Or do you think there's more to it than that? And how much communication do you put into having a game plan for your day, for your week and your future? <laughs> I, love that, I love that you just brought up game plan. Well, you said it it's really, it's communication. It all comes back to communication. We're great communicators with each other. And yes, there are moments that are heated and frustrating. We don't agree on things, but at the end of the day, we're really good at communicating and seeing each other's point of views. And we always come out of it stronger because we've overcome something and, and more in sync and more in alignment with our, our views on things because we've communicated it with each other. So it all comes down to communication. <laughs> game plans, I'm huge on game planning. I like to go into each day knowing what we have, what we have planned. We have, you know, obviously there's a lot of scheduling. There's, you know, virtual school, in-person school. We have both of our careers. We have the business that we're running. There's just, there's so much, but that's like anybody. And so we try to structure and, and game plan as much as we can, but I think it really does come back to communication. And look, we're not we're not too proud to admit to we gone to therapy many times. I think therapy is an incredible thing as well. And I think going to therapy is uh, it's better when you're in when your marriage is is rock solid and you're going to therapy. Just trying to like work out some of the details of the of the re things that make each other tick than going to a therapist trying to save your marriage. And so we've. We've tried to catch ourselves in moments and be like, look, life is great. Let's just try to make it better. And yeah, we argue like every other couple and there is a lot riding on our, in our situation, which is the business. And, you know, we have a few businesses that we're kind of launching as well and just, you know, then you throw in kids and, and but we're in sync. Yeah, but I mean, we, on a communication, day -day basis, we Cassandra is such a good communicator. That's what, that's her biggest asset in business. I think also is just the level of communication she has with our customers and our, our partners and, and, uh, and with myself. And I see the way she is with our kids as well. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. She communicates so well. So we've just been through this crazy COVID time. And I know in the US things have opened up before us, but I'm just wondering, what did you both take away from that time? And did you take any meaning from this experience that you want to carry on? Yes, spending more time with family. I The first, uh, our, our eldest son, West, I was gone for eight months in his first year. With our youngest one now, Wolf, I was there pretty well the entire time. And every single morning I go in now into his into his room and, and he wants to spend time in my arms. And, you know, I really had to earn my way back into West's life when I would leave for long periods of time. And so just, yeah, spending more time with family. It taught us to slow down. Slow down. And like really savor the moments because we didn't we couldn't do anything but that I think that goes for all of us like you you know especially parents it's like forced time with your kids that you know usually your kids are in school and they're and they're off doing extracurricular activities and it was really just like the world stopped for everybody and so we had to kind of re recreate or rebuild a, a whole new way of living with our kids and it was scary on the business side of things and just what was happening in the world and, and all the tragedy but it was also very sweet on a personal side because we were gardening with the boys cooking with them spending so much time together that we would have never had that time together if the pandemic hadn't happened yeah i think a lot of good came of it so my last question is i really like the saying about marriage which is that you really choose to be with that person every day 
And I'm just wondering, Andrew, for you, what is it that makes you choose Cassandra every day? And Cassandra, what is it that makes you choose Andrew every day? Cassandra is the water to my fire and she brings me back down to earth again every single day. And I talk completely in a spiritual way. She also makes me want to be a better version of myself. That's exactly what I was going to say. Andrew makes, he grounds me and he makes me want to be the best version of myself as well. I think that's really all you could want or all we would hope for in our relationship. Amazing. Is there anything else you want to share about Little West that you want people to know? I mean, our listeners in Canada primarily, or because I know we mentioned that hopefully we'll be, you know, we will be, not hopefully, we will be bringing it to Canada, hopefully, you know, by the end of the Yeah, season. I mean, we have listeners in Canada and the U.S. and and internationally, so I think let's let's speak to the U.S. and also let's speak yeah. to Canada, yeah. Well, in terms of anyone that can purchase our juice, I think for us, the most important thing is that we're creating a product that we are really passionate about and we're, we're doing it right. There's no compromising on the quality of the product, on the integrity of it, on how we do it. So um, just know that if you are purchasing Little West, that um, you're supporting a whole ecosystem of not just our business, but the farmers, the farms, the people making the juice. It's, it's a really beautiful process that we're super proud of and we hope that everyone gets the chance to to taste it amazing and for the sake of the environment can you name two to three organizations that you would also love for people to investigate and support yeah i mean the two that we are the most passionate about are green learning gardens and uh, i think that's biggreen.org which is the we do a lot of volunteer work with them and, and we donate to them and then the other one is EcoDrive, which is if anyone is interested in uh, offsetting their own carbon footprint yeah then they can donate are making a difference by planting trees and the third i have to give a little plug here because our girlfriend and actually a couple couple of our friends have been working yes. with them build on and build on build schools in underprivileged countries and third, yeah. third world countries and right now she's building a school in senegal and so she's wow. raising money what's great about build on is that she's actually going to build the school as well she's raising the money and then she goes physically to senegal to help build it and her name is kelly pendergraft and the organization is called Build On. Perfect. Well, I will be sure to put all of these organizations in the show notes. And awesome. thank you both so much. And I wish you the best of luck with your business and your little ones. And just have a great summer. Thank, thank you. Thanks thank so you much, very Andrew. much. Thank and you. Again, happy birthday, Andrew. Appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Have thank you both so much. Day. So there you have it. I'm very inspired just by how they support each other, by the fact that they've openly talked about going to therapy. I think that's so healthy and I think it's amazing. And, you know, just their passion, their drive, their commitment to their community and the environment, to providing a healthy drink to people that makes it a little bit easier in your day to make a healthy choice. I'm so excited it's coming to Canada. Um, I can't wait to try it. And I really like their approach to being healthy, which is, you know, go easy on yourself. Do a little bit every day. I know for myself, I try to take a walk every day that is far enough that I work up a sweat and I have a smoothie every day. Weekends do not count, in my opinion. <laughs> I think weekends are to have fun, personally. But I like their approach, you know, don't do anything drastic. Just give yourself... One little thing, 
to do maybe for the next two weeks. Try that. See how you feel. And let yourself have that burger and french fries and let yourself have those really fun nights, especially now as we celebrate getting out of quarantine. But you know, guys, <laughs> I think once Little Wes gets to Canada, I think it, it will do really well. I can't wait to try it. I hope you're inspired and I would love to hear from you to know if you maybe learned something or were inspired or if you have a story to share about your couple that could maybe help other people. So, you know, please reach out and keep listening to Flip Flops and I have lots more coming your way. So stay tuned and have a great day.